Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Gene. Before we get going, please check out our sponsors. We have Tactic Calories, Strike Force Energy. If you buy anything, check out with the code Warrior Mindset. Gets you a discount, pays the bills a little bit. Um, today, I have a friend of mine, Andy Graham from uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Colorado, kind of a double home person. Um, <laughs> both been in the web design, development, web marketing. Uh, agency industry for a long time. How are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? Good, good. I wanted to get you on an older podcast I have, but now I got you on this one, so I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. So we were uh, we were just at a conference um, in New Orleans, uh, Owner Summit, with another of our friends, Carl, and you had a great talk. And, oh, thanks. And it really made me think about persevering through business for 20 25 years. So how long have you been in business? I officially started the business in 2005, but I've, you know, so that was when it became like my full-time gig. Okay. Um, I've been freelancing since I was 16. So. Wow. So a like long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what do they say? If you survive the first two to five years in business you you can stay for a long time. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. I think I hit different, di- there's different obstacles and they're bigger, but they could be, take me down just as easily as they could have then, you know, not to mention my like cost of living has changed. Um, you know, I'm used to a different lifestyle now. And so what I was willing to put up with at the beginning, I'm probably not willing to do again. So right, right. we're all older. Yeah. We have kids. We like to yeah. be comfortable. Mortgages. And that's, all that's, why we, that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Um, so, Andy, your your business is Big C, mm-hmm. Big C Design, right? Big C. No, nope, just Big C. No, you cut the design off. Okay. Yeah, because we 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 migrated. We really transformed into a marketing agency in 2012. So we had the domain with design on the end of it, but gotcha. um, can't get rid of that. But gotcha. Well, just explain for our audience, like what uh, what is, what do you do? What what is your business, and what do you do? So we have sure. a frame of reference. Yeah. We started as a web design agency. I actually did graphic design in a general sense. Um, but because I le- taught myself to code, it became very clear that that was a harder skill to find, especially for small businesses. So we were a web design development shop for a long time. Um, my background is in strategic communications, and I've always had a um, an eye on marketing. Um, so we started marketing. Our clients were actually asking for it pretty frequently. Could you just handle my social media? Could you tell me how to do these emails? And so we recognized that we could engage in some supplement our project re- revenue with some recurring revenue by mm-hmm. doing some marketing retainers. So we went all in on marketing, uh, like I said, 2012-ish. And so now we're, I would say we're about... Hmm, I think 65% marketing recurring revenue and then 35% still project based and web builds and some app builds and um, stuff like that. So we've got a you know full development team and marketers and writers and designers and all of the fun stuff that yeah, makes a lot of employees happen. to worry about. We do. We have 21 right now. Oof, so there you go. Yeah, it's good. That's a, it's a lot of heartburn. 
<laughs> it's their heartburn. So we did, a, you know, it's we actually promoted three folks into executive roles the past three months, and they've been kind of taking the reins of the agency because we've got our irons in a lot of different fires, and so. It's been really neat watching them sort of step up to the plate. They've been with us, um, two of them have been with us for over one for over 10 years and one for over seven years. So it's been kind of neat seeing them go, oh, this is how we have been doing it, but maybe we could try something different and you know, take That's a little awesome. ownership. It's been cool. So That's awesome. That takes leadership. That takes, that starts at the top and works its way down. Right. So I take it you're not yeah. a dictator. Uh, I would suggest I am a dictator, but that I have learned that I can only do so much. And so, um, I also, I, I'm, a, I'm a starter and not a finisher, which is sounds weird. I'm not, I don't like to slog through things. Mm, so okay. I'm really bad at sustaining, um, but I'm very good at getting things started and making things go. So, um, that's why I have a great team who are really good at keeping the engine running. Um, gotcha. but I'm good at things, getting things off the ground. So gotcha. It works. Yeah, that's um, self-awareness goes a long way, right? <laughs> that was a big lesson, actually, yeah. to learn, to know that like, um, and, and, you know, we counsel. It's funny. I just had to counsel a client who wanted to start an Instagram account. And we're like, what are you going to post? And they're like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. I'm like, you just named four posts. Then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? And so talking about that sustainability, just because I have to get that into my own head, like, am I going to actually go in and do this? Because I have ideas for five, but do I have ideas for 50 or 100, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm um, just kind of thinking through that. It's really not about thinking about the content. It's more thinking about like, what does this process look like? How do I fit this into my life? You know, it's, it's, it has to become a habit just like everything else. So I got you. I got you. Well, you're a, a business owner, CrossFitter. I've worked out with you a couple of times. Pretty tough. I've seen you slog through some difficult workouts. Um, so how does, how does the, how does the physical aspect, the training, because I know, I think you do it like every day or at least every other day. How does that correlate to your daily life uh, running a business? Um, it is night and day, the days I get up and go to the gym and the days I don't, it's incredible the amount of energy I get. And, you know, my family have always been really fit and healthy and they also enjoy food. So, you know, we live a very balanced life, but I've watched my parents exercise my whole life and be active. And so, um, I think I mostly always have been as well. I used to run and do a lot of running. I started CrossFit about seven, seven and a half years ago. Right. And for me, it's just the... A, I'm a very social person. So I get that social aspect of showing up and seeing the same people every day right, and that little right. bit of like knowing who's just a little bit better at, you know, <laughs> overhead stuff and who's a little bit yeah, stronger yeah. at squatting. And so I'm always like, you know, know who I'm competing with just a little bit. That little bit of push is good. Um, but for me, it's like if I can't move my body in some capacity, then I, my head, my mind is also not moving. It's just so intertwined with like me feeling like I have control over, you know, my entire person is not just saying I can sit down and slog through a to-do list. It's I can force myself to get up and do something really hard first thing in the morning. So, right. um, you know, once that gets over with everything else feels easy. Yeah. That's why I love it. You, you're done with your workout by seven and you're like, man, I've already been working for two hours. Yeah. What do you yeah. do? jerk's been doing? I know. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So uh, you, you gave a great talk in New Orleans uh, and you went through, I don't know how many, I have some some notes written down here about some things, but um, just stories that you've mm -hmm. gone through in your years of business and, and uh, fighting <laughs> against yeah. the world. Um, if you don't mind touching on some of those stories and just sharing some of that stuff uh, from your talk, 
um, for this audience, I think it's very useful. You, the, one of the first ones you went into was, uh, I think it was titled Tangled in Tax Trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when you were going through that, I was like, I've done that one. I've done that yeah. one. I've done that one. I was like, shit, I've done all of these. Um, so tell me a little bit about that one. The tax one for me was interesting because I didn't, all of this, there's no like right, it's so funny, but there's no right way to start a business. And even though you don't have to fill out some forms, there's like, you can start an LLC on the state's website in four minutes and a check for a hundred dollars. And there's nobody who tells you, here's now what you have to go file and here's what you have to do. And so I had just kind of gone, oh, the city came to me and was like, hey, bud, you need a license to be doing this yeah. in this office. And I was like, I do. And they're like, yeah, it's only 65 bucks, though. And I'm like, OK, cool. You know, yeah. so I never went through like counseling how to do things right. So when it came to payroll taxes, um, it was a separate check for a while than it was the payroll I was paying. And cash flow for me has always been not my strong suit. I'm far better at it now that I have time. Because if you don't have the right system set up, like managing cash flow is a beast. So, you know, now I think I'm in a better place. But back then I was just like taking the checks when I could and chasing them when I had to. And what I would do is pay my people and not pay the IRS if that's what it came down to. Mm -hmm. And so then I'd be a month or two behind and then I'd make a payment and then I'd still be behind. And I found that they were applying every payment I sent to the most recent and not the oldest. You think it would be the other way around. You would think because that's what we do for our clients, right? Like, and so it just, it's, you know, then they have this interest and then there's fees Mm -hmm. and then there's interest on the fees and you're like, what the hell just happened? And so all of a sudden, you know, we're owing $18,000 or $24,000. And so I finally got a, thank God, got a, had had a CPA who came in and sort of audited all my returns for the last number of years. We actually refiled a bunch of the returns um, sort of restructured how we were doing taxes. And then he also negotiated a really favorable payment plan for me that it took about 18 months to pay it off, but it was a very slow rate. Mm-hmm. And then if I, he, you know, he'd always say, if you have money, don't send it in. Cause there's no, you know, you're not paying interest on the payment plan. So, right. right. So, so we're did, out of it now. So how did you feel like when you, there was, I'm sure there was a day where you were like, uh, this is the situation <sighs> I'm in. Yeah. Like, do you, can you remember how you felt and then what you did to, to fight against that? To be totally honest, I was so ashamed of being mm-hmm. in that place. And it was just so like, duh, Andy, how could you not have known you'd have this would catch up with you? Like, how did you not think through right. this stuff? And do you have to know? I thought I'd have to lay somebody off to be able to make the payments and it was just such a weird space. And then I found this group of, you know, agency owners through the Bureau of Digital that gave me a community of people who had made the same mistakes I'd made. And I was like, oh, wait a second, you guys did that for like four years. And (laughs) like, oh, so it was just funny finding those conversations um, helped me normalize the fact that, and this is what I didn't realize. I just had so much shame in going through and making the bad decisions that I made that I didn't realize every single person on this planet had done it at some point. And if they didn't, then they probably worked under somebody who did and got to or see them. Right all, right? yeah. Or they're doing it right now. Right. Yeah. And so like just finding that, like to me doing this talk this year was like me, it was kind of a, a me coming out and saying like, not only did I do all these things, but I'm now sort of proud of having coming, mm-hmm. having come through all of that. Um, 
And I don't know that I would have learned the lessons I've learned without having made all those mistakes. You know, it was literally just to talk about a, the series of all the worst yeah, yeah. <laughs> mistakes I've made. But um, that's you why know, I liked it. I, yeah. uh, all right. So the other one uh, kept bad people too long. Oh, God. So let's dig yeah. into that a little bit. Um, who was it and who pissed you off? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. No, no. But um, it, it's funny because I, um, and I don't know if this is a, a female male thing, but I think that there's a, there's a human side of wanting to keep people for the wrong reasons. And in this particular case, I have, so one of the things that I do poorly in like the whole scheme of things I do is development. And I was an okay front end developer and I could build out like WordPress sites and I knew enough PHP to get myself like to customize plugins and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know development that well. I definitely wasn't an engineer and couldn't build anything from scratch. So hiring developers was always really tough for me because I didn't know how to gauge whether they were good or not. I really had no idea because what you see as a consumer is very different than what's behind the scenes, right? Right, right. And so I had a few different developers I could lean on to say, hey, can you do a code review for me and let me know if this guy's decent or not? So anyways, I hired a really great developer and he was with me a very long time, but he just was really just negative and, and um, always estimated everything wrong. Like couldn't <laughs> figure out, like it was just a very long list of things, um, really unsupportive of changes I was trying to do at the agency. No developer wants to be a marketing website right. developer. Yeah. Like it's the worst. And so- Yeah, nor do they um, want to talk to other people. Oh, at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so there's just like a, you know, a couple different situations where I was like, well, I don't want to. And then, you know, especially there was like some family issues going on with his family and then a new oh, marriage yes. and all kinds of different things. And I'm like, I just don't, you know, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Well, not right. Not the right time became like three years and then it was five years and then it was six, seven years. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is incredible. So, and I wouldn't say there was you know, a couple projects that he totally blew, like one of those developers who always kept the hard things to last, you know, how people like to do mm -hmm. that. And so you'd go in and you go, oh, where are you at? And he's like, oh, I have everything done except for this bit. And I'm like, that's literally the core logic of what we're building. Right. And you should have done that first, like do the hard thing first. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, these are the great. lessons you learn. Yeah. So he blew a couple big projects. And when we finally made the decision to let him go, it was like a breath of fresh air for not just me, but the entire team and nobody mm -hmm. will tell you that like everyone sees it and knows when the bad people stay, right? Like they yeah. all know. So, um, yeah. um, I, I actually worked with, you know, who Jen Derry is Yeah, and for dairy, she runs yeah, Be Plucky, a consulting mm -hmm. company. Um, I actually gonna, just recorded her on a, oh yeah, she is fantastic. Yeah. She taught me to fire people and it was such an <laughs> interesting lesson. She just sat with me and said, listen, Andy, it's not about you. It's about your business and it's about them. And when they don't align, then there's not a right fit. It's not right for the business. And it's not right for them either. And they probably know it. And so, you know, you need to have that conversation. And so right. just getting that emotion out of my head of like, oh, God, you know, I've had this duty to keep this person employed and yeah, all those you things. Definitely do not have to keep them employed. That's no. a hard lesson, though, because, you know, sometimes these people can be your friends. You know? 100%. That's the hardest part. But at the same time, I have to realize now, like, 
if I'm not giving them the best, if they don't have the best, if they're not challenged, if they're not getting what they need from the role, if they aren't, if they're holding me back or the business back in some capacity, then I'm probably holding them back from finding something that is a really good fit that finding like their next big thing, you know? So um, it's been, it's released me from a lot of that. Okay. You have another one. Um, Partnership disagreements. It sounds like it could be kind of similar, but probably not. Yeah, that one's a little bit different. That one was just we um, we went through a, a partnership. I went through a merger with another agency, and then we had a partner who was not as interested in the agency itself, um, and he started a couple other different businesses. And so um, it was just a matter of he was moving in a different direction, and we didn't recognize as I don't think we recognized how forcefully he was moving in that direction. And so um, once we had the conversations around, listen, you're clearly not interested in what's going on here anymore. Mm-hmm. But until those conversations happened, I think there was a lot of resentment around like what, where the focus was and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all resolved and he's running his other stuff and doing really well. Um, and we're doing really well too. So, you know, better than we ever have. So it was just a matter of recognizing the, the bad fit and being able to say, you know, goodbye and let's move another way, another direction. I, I think both of these, um, keeping somebody who doesn't work, you know, with your team along too long. And that's very similar. I think a lot of that might come down to your culture as well. So it sounds like something you're doing, or maybe you learned this along the way is you're working on this culture inside your team to where you can talk about these things. Yes. So what, what are some of the, like, like, how have you gotten there? Because, you know, it's very different from having just you to having two people to having 21 people. There's, I'm sure there's lots of steps, but how do you sort of keep that culture um, of openness and talking, but also you keep control at the same time? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I guess I have more control than I probably think that I do. Um, Mm. I know that people, you know, I had actually, my my, um, team are actually doing a huge pitch right now while I'm on this podcast, which is interesting (laughs) because they scheduled it knowing that I couldn't be there. Um, and so when I said, Hey, do you guys mind if I just like join in since it's zoom, I can just, you know, join in audio and listen along. And my uh, VP of content who's been with me for 11 years, who I've seen pitch a hundred times was like, I'd actually rather you not be on because the Mm -hmm. whole time you are, I'm thinking is Andy, is Andy okay with this? Is Andy think this is good? You know? And I was like, that's fair. Good. I want Mm -hmm. you to be thinking that, (laughs) you know? I always tell, I used to tell my stepson when I drop him off at the mall that I was um, going to be shopping. I'd like, I'm not, I won't <laughs> hang out with you, but I'm, I'm going to stay. I'll be walking around so you could see me at any given point. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it's that, like, you don't, you know, I'm not there all the time, but I could be, you don't right. know. So, um, so I might have a lot of control, but at the same time, I want people to feel, I think I admit my mistakes and talk about screwing up fairly openly. And so it makes people here feel comfortable talking about mistakes and screwing up. Yeah. All right. So the next one, uh, let's get into some probably unpleasant things, but lawsuits. <laughs> I know you were talking about how you were involved in one. I mean, I've been involved in one myself or two, but um, I'd like to hear your story. Yeah, ours is, I don't think mine is that exciting. I think we've, we luckily haven't been sued, but we have been threatened with a lawsuit for non-delivery of what we said we were going to deliver. And the best part of the story is that it was an author and he had written a book and he wanted a website for the book. Um, And unfortunately he didn't have a lot of technological know-how, you know, he was not a real tech savvy human. 
And so we were, everything we were presenting to him, we had to like print out versions of the webpage to show him. And, you know, he didn't really care what it looked like so much as he knew that the publisher wanted him to have a website. So we get to this point, he wanted us to like, I don't know, do some typesetting of chapters of the book and some other stuff. And at some point he was like frustrated because he couldn't get what he needed. And so whatever happened, happened, we went our separate ways. And I got served with a lawsuit or at least with like the threat of a lawsuit um, if I didn't refund his money. (laughs) It was funny because the website had already launched. Like it was live on the domain. (laughs) Like the whole thing was done. And we have, you know, we time track. So I had every single hour of every, every minute of every hour with like detailed descriptions of what we did and why we did it. And then I had every email he sent us asking us to change something or do something or fix something. And then I had a contract that was a time and materials contract. And so all I had to do was like, it took me like 10 minutes to print all that stuff out and then just send it back to the lawyer. And the lawyer literally was like, Oh, whoops. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know, and I'm thinking, how did he even get it to this point? Like who, what kind of a lawyer couldn't have just gone, Hey, did you look on the, on the, internet to see if it exists so yikes um yeah that one was lucky wow but yeah it's 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 tricky uh you know being in the business you're in um i still do this run a web design business um lots of pitfalls to fall in and it's crazy because you know anytime i've gotten advice from a lawyer the lawyer always starts with hey you know anyone can sue you for just about anything they can just sue you and i'm like yep holy crap so you know but it's important to continue to do business without living in that fear. You know, like you can't always just be scared. I had a, I used to have a partner that was just always scared about getting sued. And I'm like, dude, like if, if that's how we're going to do this, we'll never do anything. You know, we'll yeah. never, we'll never do anything, but like the same cookie cutter piece of crap project, you know, they were always doing. Um, doesn't sound like you live in fear. I have never even like considered that as an option and it's never it, it like I I mean also to my shame maybe I we don't even we just started using a lawyer to write contracts like even our operating agreement we wrote it ourselves and it's not good um so we actually just used a lawyer to rewrite the buy sell agreement and stuff like that just mm-hmm. in case hey one of us is going to want to leave at some point so right um right so looking at those things we've never been um yeah I just I just believe in the good of humanity. We don't work with huge enterprise clients for the most part. And so I don't really worry about like the legal department and what procurement needs and those sorts of things. Now and then it comes up, but for the most part, I'm just like, listen, like you pay us, we do the work. If you're not happy, we're probably also not happy. Right. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's really weird. I was listening to some of the people talk at, uh, you know, an owner summit. I, I always forget the owner summit versus camp thing, but um, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, owner summit. Hey, Carl. Um, owner summit. Uh, talking about the different things that they deal with with some of these large legal departments, and it, and it kind of blows my mind. Um, I'm sure it's not a new thing or something that's just just for our industry, but. It's not something I've ever dealt with, you know, like we don't at all. So we, when we send a, I think we've had a cup, you know, we've actually worked with a team that built the legal, uh, a team of lawyers who built a platform for lawyers. And so, yeah, we also work with law schools. And so everybody on their staff are lawyers. (laughs) And so those times they're like, well, hey, this language isn't great. Here's how we're going to change it. And we're like, okay, I don't care. So, yeah. 
I, yeah, we've never, if you have to pull out a contract in any sort of situation, then you've already lost the relationship. It's done. So thank God we have right. never had to do that. Um, and we try not to get to that direction. So. Right. right. And then on the other side, I've always said like, you know, you put a contract in place. It's only as good as the amount that you're willing to enforce it. Yep. Right. So if you don't have the, the guts to actually enforce that or any of those things or call your client on something yep. halfway through that they may not be aware of or whatever, then what's the point? That's what I've always thought. But I, I've luckily changed my mind and I'm kind of in between <laughs> both of those mindsets now. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think there's there's people you work with. We have plenty of clients who we have really long standing relationships with. And so if they miss our payment terms or don't do this or don't do that, we don't really care because we know they're going to be around for a long time. And then there's folks who start the relationship with bad behavior and you have to go back and say, hey, guys, remember this 15? I just had to do that with somebody this week. And I was like, hey, you know, you remember 15 days is what we signed to in the contract. And they were like, listen, we aren't getting paid. And here's why our clients are all in hospitality. And so then there's at least a conversation that can happen. But um, but you're right. You have to be able to at least, you know, you know, it's weird. I was driving here. I was thinking about this, that. One of the things I love about the way that we do business is we never use that it's our policy as like a answer to somebody, right? And I was thinking about the difference between Zappos, for instance, and Amazon, whereas Amazon is like, this is the policy. This is how it is for every single person who calls. This is it, period, full stop. Right. And you call Zappos and they're like, oh, you want a pizza delivered? We'll send it to you. You know, right. they're like, we don't care what the policy is. Here's what we can do to make you happy. And I feel like we've always done business in that way. Like we can change. We've chose 15 days for whatever reason. We don't care. It could be 30. Just tell right. me when I'm getting the check. And that's all yeah. I, you know, I need to play in my cash flow. That's all we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. To me, I'm like, you know, it's neither here nor there. We can we can do whatever as long as we're both making money, then we're both happy. So right. I saw a great inter- interview with Gary V and um, Tony Robbins. They were doing a talk. I don't really, you know, for anybody's watching, I don't care if you like either one of them. There's reasons <laughs> to like both and reasons to hate both. But uh, Tony Robbins was saying um, something he does for his team and his businesses is he coaches them to have a have a don't say no uh, attitude. So if somebody says, hey, like you said, like, hey. I want a pizza, whatever. They won't just say, well, we don't do pizzas. But they will actually try to help you solve the problem. It's that concierge mindset. I like that. Um, yep. business. I do too. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It just means you are a human being and you're talking to another human being. Yeah. And you're like just discussing things. Yep. Um, it's true. And, you know, a lot of times for us, that conversation happens with a like, hey, you have this much time. Mm-hmm. And if you want us to do this, which you've asked us to do, then we can't do this. And so which one do you choose? You know, and there's that it's like the easiest thing. And, you know, project managers always want to say no to everything. And you're yeah. like, oh, no, give them the choice. They just right. can't have both. They can have one or the other. They so. might actually find a way to pay for both. I mean, that's yeah, ex- always win win. Right? right. Yeah. Um, OK, okay so I, I feel like these are you wrote these in a, you, your talk was in a great order here. Hiring the wrong people. Um, yeah. I've done that too, but, but tell me the story. All right. My fit. Well, I mean, I have many, this is a hard one because hiring is tough because nobody is who they are in interviews, right? You are, everybody can act just enough to get through the interviews process. And so, um, and we are a very personal agency. So we put a lot of ourselves out there on social media and, and everything and people in the community know us. So I feel like it's pretty easy for people to 
be cool with us when they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, tequila is not a great way to hire people. It, <laughs> it's fun, but it doesn't make for a great employee relationship. So we've right. definitely done that where we were going through interviews and one person just ten- happened to like know somebody. We were going to go see this live music one night and she was also going to be there. And it was literally like two hours after the interview. And so then we were there and the whole group started hanging out and we were drinking. And then of course she had a job by the end of the night. So um, she lasted like three months, just really didn't know, at least not for our agency was not the right fit for what she was supposed to be doing. So that's what it was. My favorite story of this though, honestly, was like one of the first hires I ever made. I hired a designer and I did not know how to like, I didn't know how to test people's actual skills. So what I didn't know was all the stuff he was showing me was stuff that he had literally pulled out of like iStock and maybe sort of minorly tweaked. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. So then I'd give him these projects. I'm like, I need you to do this. And it'd be six hours later. And he's like, uh, you know, because he doesn't know how to use the illustrator or Photoshop. And I'm like, what did I do? But man, what a sales guy that guy was. So tuition payments. Yeah. Yeah, Who taught me that term? But somebody says all those mistakes are not just losses, they're actually tuition payments. Oh, I like like reframing it that way. I like Um, that too. That's good. So, uh, trying to outsource something. I'm sure you've got some outsource nightmares. Don't we all? Yeah. Has anybody outsourced something successfully? I mean, uh, you can, but I want to yeah. hear your story. Yeah, no, I mean, it's to me, it's like always a lure, right? Like, if we have, I have four, for a long time, we had four full time developers, and we would still need help. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can right. do this much work, like I'm looking at our at forecasting and I'm like, all right, we have two months of work, but we have two other projects coming in. How could I get those done too? So we can bill for those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's tempting, like, all right, well, let's say yes. Cause if we don't, you know, we won't yeah. get a project from this client again. Right. Um, so we actually hired one of my favorites is we were, we do a lot of sub work for a, a very large local advertising agency. Okay. Um, so we'll do a lot of development work for them because they don't have developers on staff. And they sent me one of their sites and they always would send us PSD files. And they're as an, as an ad agency, they're really tough clients, especially from yeah. a front end perspective. They always they, are. Yeah. Pixel perfection, everything. We could do a whole, par- a whole podcast on working with agencies. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And some of it's really good, right? Like, yeah. When you have somebody on the other side who knows the trials and tribulations and all the challenges, it's great. And then when you have people who are like, no, we need it to be yeah, this yeah. exact perfect thing, yeah. it's tough. So so they sent us this website and it had to be responsive. And this was when responsive was fairly new-ish. So it was maybe like 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a very complex design with like a split screen and you had to choose which direction to go. And then everything inside sort of changed. Um, one, one of this brand was blue and one was red. And so everything changed, but it was one WordPress instance. And so we had to change the templates based on what sort of side of the business you were choosing. And so I decided to outsource this <laughs> to like some, I don't know, Indian or Ukrainian agency that had been filling mm-hmm. up my inbox with like, we can do this for cheap. Just try us out. Um, see what you're, I see where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Might've even been like recommended from somebody else sure. which was happening at the time. And I guess the words responsive are different um, and across different languages. Oh, so goodness gracious. Yeah, it was fun. So we had like, what came back to me was awful and it was, mm-hmm. it had a mobile version 
but nothing in between, right? So you had your desktop and you had your mobile and nothing else had been looked at in any capacity. And it was just a total, I mean, it was such a mess the way it was wired like into WordPress that even my full-time WordPress developers who have been working on the platform for years at this point, like couldn't figure out how things were rigged. And it was just a mess. And it cost me twice as much to undo the problem as it did to get into the problem in the first place. So that was a lesson I learned. Yeah. Yikes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a tough one. That, that can kind of go right hand in hand with um, hiring the right people too. It's like you're literally hiring someone you've never met and you're just expecting them to do something that you'd expect, but maybe not. And the lesson to me is honestly about expectations. I think when the expect the the problem is having really clear expectations, whether those are performance standards for a job and like a job description, or they are specs, technical specs and design specs for a project to be Mm -hmm. developed. Those things take time and energy to oversee and manage Mm -hmm. and like stay on top of. And so there is no, you can never ask someone to help you with anything, whether it's a job, whether you're paying them or not, if you, if the expectations are unclear. Um, so I think taking the time to really dictate, like, what do I want the outcome to be and how do we get from, from here to there is important. And have more than a five minute conversation with them about that. <laughs> but I didn't have time. That was the yeah, problem. Crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, high rate loans. I've been, uh, guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've, you know, learning the difference between a personal loan and a business loan was a hard lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you got there? Well, this was going through my tax trouble issues is I couldn't figure out how to get enough money to pay for other things because mm-hmm. they were taking so much. So I actually used cabbage with a K because mm-hmm. they connect right into your stripe and that's where I was taking credit cards. Mm-hmm. And so I probably had any, had a balance of between, and it wasn't a lot like 20 to $40,000 at any given moment, but man, do they take, it's like 30% interest. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thankfully got out of that cycle. I would like, I feel like I would just pay it off and then I need it again because I couldn't make payroll, but it was always there when I needed it. And so having talked to many other business owners who have also done the same thing, I feel a lot less bad. Um, You know, I didn't know that lines of credit existed. I didn't know anything about business finance. I do now, thankfully, but um, you know, we're in a very different position now. So do you work with a professional to help you understand that stuff? Um, I've done a lot of reading. Honestly, okay. just having the, the bureau group uh, has been really helpful in talking to them about how they make decisions. I do have a CPA who's fantastic. And we actually hired a fractional CFO this year who came in and sort of helped us huh. put together some a financial model and all kinds of other neat stuff, um, okay. stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times I've I've worked with um, other business owners that they like literally working with a company. I was an employee of theirs. Their CEO, this is a company with like 200 employees. Their CEO had was like approving all the like credit card expenditures for each employee. And what? I'm like, and, it, and, and you know, at the time I was like, what is this? But I, I can sort of, if I have, you know, practice a little empathy, I can see where, because his business grew from like 10 people to 300 people in like nine months, right? Yeah. I could see where he doesn't want to let go of some of that control and money is the one area where you, you want to like really, really control it. Right. Like, especially as a business owner, I could see him yeah. not wanting to let go of that. Um, what are some of the, like, as you're working with people, you're working with a CFO, you're working with a CPA, how, 
or, or are you struggling with that or, or are you just over it um letting go of some of that control um it was weird i think that you know even for me like going through the merger with business partners and then letting them into my bank accounts was See, really that strange. that's that's what i'm talking about that sort yeah. of thing yeah, it is weird. And we have to have those conversations around like, oh, yeah, I buy coffee five days a week. And I also um, <laughs> buy kids haircuts and, you know, all these yeah. weird things. And then you realize they're all doing that. And so with mm -hmm. my other with my two business partners, we just called it quality of life. And like we made sure they were kind of equal every month. Mm -hmm. And then we were fine with it. And so um, we definitely have quality of life expenditures. But um, the funny thing is now there's two of us. Um, Zoe, my business partner, is uh, love Zoe comically like conscious of what he spends out of the account. <laughs> so if I'm traveling, he'll call and say, I'm going to buy two pizzas for the team. Okay. And I'm like, get him three. Zoe, I don't care. I don't I care see about that. spending 50 bucks on pizza. Like you could do this. Spending so. all his money on potato chips, right? I know <laughs> it is most yeah. of it. Yes. God. I know Zoe likes potato chips. Um, oh, he loves chips. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So this is in line with that too, but paying cash flow games to cover payroll. What are some of the games you played? Over the that, so the cabbage and the tax mm -hmm. thing, that was definitely it. There was a lot of um, asking people to take paper checks instead of direct deposit because you'd have like, you'd buy yourself almost a week then because mm -hmm. your know, direct deposit had to come out like a week earlier. You right. wrote the check on the payday, then they couldn't cash it till Monday. It was a lot of yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother worked for me. And so I could go to him pretty, you know, honestly and say, listen, I don't have it. Can I, you know, I obviously wouldn't pay myself, but then I'd ask him to, can I, can you wait a few days? Can you do this? I'm waiting on these checks. I'd literally be calling clients like, Hey, I need this, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I thank God I'm not in that place anymore. It was just such a stressful, non-sleeping, just, mm -hmm. oh, just hair pulling time. I don't know how I thought I'd get through it, but I just knew like I we're doing this much work and I get to bill for that in two weeks, you know, it's like, it's not like we're slow, we're busy as we can be, but we don't have the cash when we it's need cash it. Flow, yeah. Yep. The yeah. Time. You solve that when you're winning, you're winning in life. I tell you that much. Um, I agree. Yeah. Well, and having building up our savings has been our, our biggest um, goal for this past year. We've been just trying to, we knew something was coming economically and we wanted to be as safe as we could. So we really wow. did a, we really put a lot of time into building a safety cushion for ourselves over the past year or so. Wow. Well, you guys won well, the lottery on that. I feel pretty good about yeah. where we're at right now. It's That's true. Incredible. That is incredible. I do. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the last one. I just did an episode uh, two podcasts ago with Ruben, um, Ruben Johnson. Yeah. He, he has a great story. I, I'm sure you've talked to Ruben before, but great story about um, not so much uh, taking bad or embarrassing projects, which is our next subject, but more about taking projects that don't represent who he is, like authentically as an African-American. And even went into like him pretending to be a white person, which blew my mind. Oh, my mind. God. Blew wow. my mind. But yeah. what about you? Um, even as a as a you know a woman business owner, I don't know if you have any of those types of experiences too. You can share. But what about the, the just taking a bad or an embarrassing project to make ends meet? I'm, I'm sure that's where you're going with this. But <laughs> um, some of those I'd rather not talk about in public. But um, we can have some beers and talk about them another <laughs> or you know fit aids or whatever we're drinking. And they, so I just think that if you talk to a web design agency that's proud to put their name on everything they do, they're not 
making any money. So I know that there's plenty of things that we do that we take on just to pay the bills that we're never going to tell anybody we did. The problem is the people you did it for are going to tell everybody they know that. Yeah, you yeah. So, you know, it doesn't always go that well. Um, and it's really hard to explain to people the limitations of like budget, time, you know, all those things that went into making the decisions you did. Like this is the best we could with what we had. Um, so there's a lot of that sort of stuff from a like values perspective. I've actually been really, I'm trying to think if I've touched anything. We've said no to like a lot of really sketchy things. Like we wouldn't work with a woman came to us. She's a woman owned business. They do um, missile um, GPS missile technology. And I just don't, that's not my, I don't want to get into like, wow. yeah, it's not, not my thing. I don't want to get into, we've had people come to us with guns. Um, one person does one company with <laughs> recently great sales meeting guys sitting in our office talking about how they fired their marketing girls because of all that liberal bullshit that came out of their mouths. And we're just like, Oh, well, you're not going to like us very much. So let's talk about like, you wow. know, yeah. The, we let go of the marketing girls. That's ridiculous. The girls. Yeah. The yeah. marketing girls. Wow. Well, that's so, a great red flag. At least you're yeah. vivid enough to catch that stuff. Yeah, we've had a lot of those sorts of things. So now we've built some stuff. Um, yeah, we've built some stuff without talking about like touching the content. Let me just say that. So mm. we built an interesting platform where we just filled it with pictures of cats and sent it away. So it was, <laughs> we didn't have to touch any of the content. There was no um, nothing, you know, uncouth. And we just built the platform itself and the technology. And then we moved it to their <laughs> server and said goodbye. So. Oh my goodness. And you live in Florida. So I'm sure that was a great story. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's a good friend too, which yeah. is, a, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Tiger King, was it? No, God, no. It, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story another time. It's, <laughs> it's somebody I know through CrossFit and it was an interesting. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. We've done some uh, very questionable, very interesting <laughs> level projects over the years. I'd love but to you hear know, it, it honestly takes a while, in my opinion, it takes a while before you, get to a level of maturity, not as a person, but as a business person existing in your industry before you start to like really realize the impact your work might have downstream. Um, yeah, because early on, you're just like, I like building websites. I will build whatever website anyone asks me to build. And then later, it's like, I don't really want to build a website for, you know, Marlboro cigarettes. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's gross, you know. We met we met the company that works on the R.J. Reynolds um, yeah. sites. Do you remember them? Do you remember meeting them at all? They I were part of like the agency owner group for a long time. And they came, I'm trying to remember the name of the agency, but they came to one of the events I was at and they had the most interesting story. They're based in North Carolina mm -hmm. and they, no one else would work with them with RJ Reynolds. And so they are, they like service this industry exclusively and that was it. And so then when those dollars dried up, they had nobody else. They said it was impossible to hire people. It was impossible. And I'm like, of course it is. Who wants to build like websites for cigarettes? It's insane. Yeah, so gross. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, you know, I, I struggle with like, am I being elitist, you know, about this no. sort of thing, but I don't think so. I, you have to stick to who you are authentically. Right. I mean, you can't. So, Gene, I think this is the most important thing. I think that if you can't say no to things that don't align with your values, if you can't stand strong in your convictions, then who are you? You're just a leaf blowing in the wind. Like you right. can't. We are not all things to all people. We have a very specific. I believe we held a Bernie rally at our office, like a huge one. So if you're not like at least OK with a variance, you know, a variety of different 
viewpoints, you're not going to be okay working with us. And so um, there's just not going to be, and I just say that politically, but there's many other things too. Like, I'm just not like, <laughs> we talk all the time, but like my team go in and they've got their laptops full of stickers and they're all like feminists and like right, black right, right. matter. And it's like, just, you know, like, okay, we're going to go out like on full blast here right now. So this is us. If yeah. you're not on board, then, you know, it's fine. But and I think you have to stand for those things. Otherwise, you stand for nothing, right? Right. It's very healthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who are you? You're just a fake vehicle for doing other things. And, yeah. Um, and if you are okay with being okay with everything, then that's fine, too. Like, hey, none of this bothers me. You know, whatever. That's fine, too. But I'm not. I right. Right. very strongly am not. Well, you should stand. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that. That's why you're here. Um, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you just said you uh, – I, I asked you a couple of questions some things about what you have going on. You said you just acquired a small e-commerce development agency. So what's that about? We did. We, uh, we've been, there's a e-com development agency called pineapple development. Uh, uh-huh. the owners are, they're a virtual agency. They've got employees all over the, all over the world. Um, but their two owners are down here in St. Pete and we had been contracting with them to do a couple projects, um, alongside our team, um, bigger development projects we were working on. There were e-com. And they are just, they have um, a few other things going on in their lives right now. And um, the one partner, um, the wife wanted out. She's running a couple other businesses. And so we just got to talking about what that might look like. And we were about to sign all the paperwork before the coronavirus and COVID-19 shutdowns right, all right, right. down. So it was like the second week of March. Okay. And then we kind of sat back and said, let's wait a little bit. Let's see what's going on. Um, so it's actually official tomorrow. We announced okay. our team last Friday, but um, the it's official tomorrow. So that's cool. So your your company is taking the take just absorbing it, or is that a separate line of business yep. for you personally? So they'll stay as pineapple development. Okay. We're gonna help them with um, new business development, marketing, um, back office stuff, wow. um, sort of you know, merge as much as that is in merge as much in as we can to reduce expenses. Right. But their um, CEO will stay on as the CEO and run that as a separate company. Um, but we did take a majority ownership, so that's cool. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, places to practice everything we've been talking about today. I know in your future, yeah. Uh, and then you also you're doing a lot of stuff right now. You also just bought a, a cafe or restaurant. Would it's you- a cafe. Yep, cafe. like 26 seats inside, and there's about 30 outside. Um, so it's a nice little, it was my favorite coffee shop that I actually started my business from. It's where I used to meet clients and meet employees to interview them. And I'd take my daughter every Friday for bagels and coffee. Um, and it became available and we found an owner operator that's going to partner with us to, to do it. And it's his dream. And like, he's very, it's just all the stars aligned. So everyone in the community loves him. He's an adored figure in our sort of bar and restaurant scene and, um, just feels really good. Sort That's of a awesome. fun awesome. project. And, and St. Pete has a really great bar restaurant scene yeah. in general. If you've exactly. ever been, it's a, it's a great, it, I get a strong sense of community in that whole realm when I'm down there too. Um, Huge. Yeah. People are really, really like, it's all local, local, local. So, yeah, very much so. we love it. It's a great feeling. And yeah. then the last thing on your list, which I'm glad you brought up is uh front end design conference, which is a conference I used to promote. Yeah. Uh, produce, and uh, you're going to work on that. We are. Brilliant move, pushing that to 2021. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that was totally exactly what. I know. Yep. You guys did that in like January or something. I know. We were like, yeah let's, uh, yeah, let's do that for 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, we're excited. We've got, you know, we started, we've got the Sparkbox guys, Robin, Ben, and Zoe and I will be sort of working on this together. We're supposed to have a call about it tomorrow. Awesome. None of us have done any work on it yet because of all of this stuff yeah. going down. So I was like, we're all know. And then like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Too much to do. Yeah, we're excited uh, to bring that back and hopefully get that whole group back together. We yes, love it. I will be there for that. Moving boxes, folding t-shirts, whatever you need. That's right. Um, okay, and then you launched uh, your own podcast. I am. I literally uploaded it all today. So I've oh got goodness. four episodes five, Four episodes recorded. I'm working on number five next week. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It's, it's called Walk the Walk, and it is about running a values-based business and um, about the difficult decisions that we have to make to balance taking care of our people and taking care of our finances. It's a, it's a balancing act all the time, but it's about, so I've got a couple experts and um, psychologists. I've got some coaches and consultants, wow. and then I've also got entrepreneurs from all over the country lined up. So I love that. I'm going to be yeah. listening to that. Um, yeah. And then I asked you if you have anything to promote, you're like, no, I'm like, <laughs> what do you think? I'm a marketer. That'd be great. I don't know. All right. The last thing we always ask somebody on the show is to give us a favorite quote. And then what's your favorite quote? Because I love quotes as cheesy as they can be. I love them and I share them. So um, you gave us a great one. Uh, Yeah. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Yes. From Helen Keller. So why, why did you pick that? Um, I am a big risk taker. I like to just say yes to things on a constant basis. And I think it just fills my life with so much richness. And, you know, I have to be constantly challenged to feel alive. And I think part of that is, you know, I I look at that in regards to travel. I love to travel and have adventures like that. And I hope my daughter follows in those footsteps. You know, we travel with her all the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't, I just think, you have to take a step outside to, to get the, the, the breadth of life. You have to step outside. You have to take a risk and, and challenge yourself um, physically and mentally and, and in every way to be, to really understand like the, the limits of your own capacity. It's incredible. So. Well, you sound like you live a fearless life. One of the things we talk about uh, on this show a lot is fear and dealing with fear. And, um, like, how do you, how do you combat that? I mean, it sounds like you just jump on the chances and you, you like to say you, you know, live a risky life or whatever, but how do you combat fear? How do you combat fear? <laughs> I don't know that I have, I don't have fear that I recognize. I think this is maybe a, a bad thing. I have an incredible amount of confidence. I believe in my own abilities and I also am not afraid of failure. And I think that that is something that, okay, I shouldn't say that. I really only take risks to do things that I I'm pretty sure I can be successful at. So I will say that there is some like limiting things there that I know I have deep inside. Right. I'm not suggesting you go fight cobras or alligators. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even from like a business perspective, I, if I can feel confident, comfortable enough with the parameters of something, I have the confidence to know I can figure it out. I mean, especially like working, I hate to say this, but working with the number of businesses we work with, you realize people are often successful in spite of themselves. Mm. I mean, they are not the brightest bulbs on the tree making billions of dollars yeah, I know. and you're like, yeah. how is this happening? And I can't figure this out. So yeah. um, it just, I, I just, my parents, I don't know, maybe did that for me, just gave me an incredible amount of, of confidence to go out into the world and try things and make mistakes. And I'm really always been a figure outer, like everything's available on the internet. You can read and read and read and talk to people and get all the information you need. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. 
That's, That's it. awesome. That's a great story. Um, lots of great stories. I greatly appreciate you, your time to share all that with us. I, I fell in love with your talk and definitely wanted to go through that stuff with you. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, good to talk to you. Any parting words? You good? Heavens no. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Andy, for being on the episode. We'll yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye.